Well, this time Sheila's going to come and read for us out of Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 18. Matthew 4, 18. If everybody stay in place. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. Uh, this morning, the not sermon, but the scripture will be coming from Matthew 4, 18 through 22. Matthew 4, 18, 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Let's bow our heads in order of prayer together. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be at your house to worship together. And dear Lord, to hear your word. And to do our very best not just to be hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. Bless us today, dear Lord, as we share in your holy and sweetest name we pray. Amen. Come follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. Most of us have heard, I will send you out to fish for what? Fish for men. At once they left their nets and followed him. I love that uh, words together there. Immediately, what did they do? They left their nets and they followed him. Isn't that something they didn't say? Where are we going? Where are we going to sleep? Where are we going to eat? How are we going to be able to have an income? All they did, they believed what? That if they followed after him, that he was going to take care of them. I believe we need more folks like that today. Amen? More people that says, I am willing to follow after Jesus. And I know for sure that Jesus has a plan for me. When I was... Selling cars, now that's a long time ago. I used to have a friend of mine that would come and buy cars from me once a year. And I would, he would love to say this to me. He said, I knew you were here. And I said, how did you know? He said, I saw your horse parked around back. I said, my horse parked around back? He says, yes, Jesse James is here to rob me again, right? So I, he would come in and we would talk. But one of the things that they did when I was selling cars, they sent us to training to teach us how to sell cars. One of the trainings were talked about and shared about never give up. Never give up. I went to that first training and the trainer asked me to come up front. So I walked up front and started talking to him. And he looked at me and he said, what are you looking for today, sir? And I said, well, I'm looking for a new pickup truck and Certain color, black. Isn't that a good one, Beth? F-150, four-wheel drive. I said, that's what I'd like to have. He says, no, no worries, just follow me. And guess what I did? 
As soon as he took off walking, guess what I did? Followed right behind him. And I walked with him and walked with him and walked with him. He came back up front and says, we don't have a Ford F-150 four-wheel drive here. But you notice something? I took him around and showed him the whole lot. And I promise you, he is going to find something that he likes. I never did that. I've seen other car salespeople do that. But you know, it's sort of what we see in life, isn't it? We follow after people for no rhyme or reason. Praise be to God, these folks were following after Jesus because they did want to become fishers of men. But we live in a society today that there's a whole lot of people directing a whole lot of folks and leading them down the wrong paths, aren't they? And it's very easy. Come follow me. Come follow me and I'll help you to be able to get what? The drugs that you need. Come follow me and I'll be able to help you Get the alcohol that you need. Come follow me and I will teach you how to abuse your wife and your kids. Come follow me and we'll make a wonderful living off of abusing other folks. They're all around about us. People that does not have your best interest at heart. People that are only looking out for who? For themselves. People that are saying if, I, if I'm going down, what? I'm going to take them down with me. Come follow me. And in society today, we see a lot of that. We see a lot of folks that simply say to themselves, I'm, no matter what, I'm going to stay behind them and follow them. Me and Kevin was over at the, the house a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about all these different preachers down through time. And different, well, I'm not going to name them all. Me, me and Kevin had a lot of good fun about that, didn't we, Kevin? Certain preachers, you know, that built uh, dog houses for their dogs that was heated in air and all these different types of things. And all the money they made and all the things that they had was, and we started sharing, did that glorify God? No, who was they glorifying? Themselves. Well, a lot of folks are like that today, aren't they? We look at people and we say, boy, they have a lot of things. They do a lot of things. They go a lot of places. They have a lot of zeros on their bank account. They have all kinds of good things. But so often those good things cause us to slip away from who? Slip away from God. And those things causes us to follow people that we shouldn't follow. Causes us to do things we shouldn't do. We live in a society today that people are following other folks at all type of ages. When I was still doing that social work thing, it was amazing to me how that times have changed. It used to be when I was in high school, you, hit a, or you heard a little cussing, didn't you? You heard about two or three people that maybe were doing things they shouldn't have done. But the things back then was you just didn't come out and say it, did you? You'd whisper it a little bit. And some things you would, wouldn't even talk about. You just look at them and go, oh my goodness, what are they doing? Why are they behaving like that? And you just didn't talk about it. It is so amazing to me today how that society has just sort of put us all to sleep. Amen? How that we've just walked along with it. And if they take power and control enough away from us, all of a sudden we open the door and we let all kinds of sin out, don't we? 
We just let it go. We live in a society today that says, oh, I'm afraid to say anything. Oh, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt someone's, what? Feelings. Oh, I, I, don't, I wonder what will happen if I say that. I wonder what will happen if I take that action. I wonder what will happen if I do that to someone. I believe today what we have to realize is this. We need to be nice, but we serve a God that's a jealous God, don't we? A God that says to us not to have any other what? Gods before Him. A God that says when there is sin, we need to call it what? Sin. When there is an issue, a problem in the world today, we need to learn how to have an understanding of how to deal with those things and bring those things to God. We cannot allow us personally, in our family, in our church and society today, just to fall in line and fall along with folks that say, if it feels good, do it. Just do it and wait for the consequences to fall later. That's not how God wants us to live our lives. God wants us to be able to follow after Him. God wants us to be able to say, God, no matter what, no matter how busy I am, I hear that a lot of times, don't you? You ask folks about their understanding of God's will. Are they saved? Are they making a commitment to God? A lot of folks say, well, when I'm not too busy, I'll start serving God. I want to tell you something. You're never going to make it. Never going to make it. You're always going to have something to do. Don't put off salvation too long. Allow God to be with you each and every day. And so often we say, well, Brother Paul, I'd serve God or I'd do this at the church or I'd go after folks that are doing things contrary to the will of God and speak to them about those things. I just don't have the time. I don't believe I have the talent. I don't believe I have the motivation. I don't believe I have any of those things to go and do it. And that's what's happened to society, isn't it? We've just let go and let the world do their own thing. We're just allowing different things to come along. It used to be you'd see certain things going on in the world and you didn't know what to think about it. But now it's just what? Commonplace. Commonplace. And it's happened, I told you, that it started in our high schools. Folks, let me tell you, and I think these teachers here this morning will agree with me, it's all the way down to our elementary schools. Elementary school kids know way too much about a lot of different things. I remember the first time I ever talked to a, a, a little elementary child that was in the second grade. And that elementary child could tell me what drugs was in her house, what they were called, what they looked like, when mama and dad took those drugs, how they behaved, after they took those drugs. What daddy calls mama. What mama calls daddy. And it just broke my heart. A second grader. To know what drugs are all about. To know what abuse is happening in their family. Folks, we, we need to quit following that mindset. Wouldn't have been so great if I'd went in and talked to that second grader. And she would have looked at me and says, I love Jesus. And I go to church every Sunday. And mom and dad reads their Bible at home to me. And we pray together every night. I guarantee you something. That young lady that has that type of home is going to be thriving, isn't she? She's going to be thriving 
And she's going to know that God's with them and her. And her parents love her. This other young lady, she had to put up with the stress of school, the stress of society. She had to deal with the stress of getting, getting, making sure she's dressed. What, if she has clean clothes at her house, making sure she gets something to eat, making sure that she gets up on time to catch the bus. Her, her life is not only the stress of school, but it's also the stress of what? Just living, just making it day after day. Today, we need to learn how to follow God. We need to be the person that when God says, come follow me, we do what? We follow it. We don't come up with excuses and say, I need to do this or I need to do the other things. We go and follow Him. The first thing we need to do to be completely following after Jesus, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. The only person that really knows about you, do you know who that is? Is you and who? And God. You and God. Now you would think that your spouse knows everything about you. And I, Sheila knows most everything about me, but there's, you know, certain things still maybe that she don't know about me. But when we are truly honest with God, we can't hide anything. We, we say, Lord, my, my life is an open what? Open book. You can look at whatever you want, see whatever you want to see. But so often to us, we just are not honest to God and we're not honest to ourselves. We say, well, you know, everybody else does it. Why can't I? Everybody else lives like that. Why can't I? Everybody else is committing that sin. Why can't I? Why can't, why can't I not have some fun? Why can I not live the way I want to live? People are dishonest with themselves because they are afraid of what others might think. What others might find out. Be honest with yourself today. Be truthful to yourself. Are you making sure yourself knows what's going on in your life? Have that honesty in your life. Look at yourself in the mirror. I, I remember I'd have been in the bed for, I don't know how long, two or three weeks one time. And Sheila kept coming in the, in the room and she would say, you're sure losing a lot of weight. And I'd say, well, I, you know, I guess I am. She says, you, you're, I'm going to have to shave you. You're getting a beard. I'm going to have to have to shave you. And to me, I looked just the same. I thought I weighed the same. I thought I looked the same and all those type of things. I remember the day that I got up and got to go to the bathroom. Remember that? Got to walk in there and they had a big old mirror. And I looked at that mirror and I went, Lord, have I been on Survivor? <laughs> I, I've lost everything. I have my, I've lost all my weight, which it looked, you know, a little different. Had a beard. Not going to guess this one. I had hair on top of my head. And I looked at myself and I was like, who are you? Who are you? Folks, sometimes we need to take a good long look in the mirror, don't we? We need to be honest. What do you see? What do you see? You can talk a good game. I know a lot of people that talk a good game, right? I, I, I love the Lord. I'll do whatever God wants me to do. I'll be a good Christian. 
I'll tithe, I'll, I'll do these things, I'll use these talents that God has given to me. I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do, dear Lord, I'll do whatever. But so often when it, when it comes down to the rubber hitting the road, what do we do? Well, maybe not. What's people going to think about me? What's people going to think about me if I pray at church or testify at church or sing at church? What's people going to think? And I can't be honest with myself and say, you know, I'm, I want to make sure that there is one person in this world that's pleased with me. You know who that is? Our Heavenly Father. If He's pleased with you, you're doing it right. And He is sharing with you what you need to change in your life. Take that big, deep look in the mirror. What do you see? Do you see a person that you're proud of? A person that you would say, yes, you're doing the will of God and you are following after God? Or you do, do you look in that mirror and not recognize yourself? A person that's turned into somebody that you don't want to be. A person that's doing things that they shouldn't do. A person that is behaving in ways they shouldn't behave. I believe that God wants you to change. We also have to do something. We have to be honest with God. And you may say to yourself, why do we have to be honest with God? He already knows everything about me. There's still a lot of folks think that they can hide things from God, don't they? They really do. They think, I, I'm going to work real hard and I'm going to hide it. I've, I've heard this said many times and you have too. Your sins will find you out. Now, some folks say, well, Brother Paul, I've seen people that's lived with sin for 10 years. Well, it doesn't say your sins will find you out today or next week. It just says your sins will find you out. And a lot of folks just say, well, if I hide it good enough, then God will never, ever see my sin or nobody else will ever, ever see my sin if I hide it good enough. When my mom and I and dad <clears throat> used to go over and see my grandma and grandpa at their house over on Big Hill Avenue in Richmond, Kentucky. We would go over there and I'd walk in the front door and about 80% of the time this is what my grandpa would ask me to do. This was my task while I was there visiting them. You know what it was? He'd look at me and say, honey, I need your help. And I'd say, Grandpa, what do you need? He'd say, well, your grandma has hit her purse again. And I've looked everywhere, and I can't find it. Well, you look for it. Well, you know, I had done that so many times that I knew there were some special places that Grandma loved to hide it. One of her favorite places was in the freezer. I found it there two or three times, and I'd give it back to Grandpa. Cold money. Cold purse. She loved to hide it between the mattress and box springs. And she was a little lady. I have no idea how she lifted that up. And she would get it all the way in the middle there. And she'd hide it under, underneath all the chairs and all these things. And every time I'd go over there, it was like Easter egg hunt. It was Easter egg hunting for my Grandma's purse. And I'd look all day long and I'd find it and I'd bring it back to Grandpa. And he'd say... Honey, come here a minute. And she'd walk in the living room there on Big Hill Avenue. And he'd say, guess what? Paul, you know that middle name that my old family called me. Paul Edward, 
found your purse. And she would always look at him and say, well, I thought I hid it better than that. Well, folks, let me tell you, you can hide all you want. It's not going to be me looking to find it, but God's going to find it. God's going to find those sins that you do in your life. I've told folks this before, and you've heard me preach this before. Wouldn't it be interesting if they was on this TV that we have right here? Do you hear Jesus calling you, Paul Mills? If that was the change, and your name popped up, and God says, these are the things you're hiding from me. These are the things that you're hiding from your wife. These are the things you're hiding from your kids. These are the things that you're hiding from your employer. These are the things that you're hiding from folks around about you at your church. How many of you this morning would say, wait a minute, preacher. Before you say my name, I want to leave. Because I know there's going to be some things up there that I don't want everybody to know. I need to be able to get away from this. I guarantee you something. You might disagree with me, which is completely fine. There's not going to be a single person in here that's not going to have at least one thing up there. One thing. There's going to be some of us going to have a bunch of things that we've been trying to hide. But you know what? It doesn't matter if it's one or if it's a hundred. What does matter? What are you going to do about it? You're just going to keep on living with it? You're going to let that control you? I've, I've been around long enough, been a preacher around long enough, <clears throat> and I figured out something. You're not going to hide it. It's going to come out sometimes. There's been people that have committed adultery and done all these other things, and people say, how did they hide it so good? How did they know? How, how did they get away with it? I've always wanted to ask people, are you wanting to do that too? Are you wanting to know what the rhyme or the reason is to how to, to behave that way? But guess what? It found them out. It didn't matter if it took 10 years or whatever. Their sin found them out. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. And say, God, the, these are the things that I do need to turn over to you. These are, these are the things that's bringing me down. This is causing me to not be the dad that I need to be, not be the mom that I need to be, not to be the Christian I need to be, not to be the employer, employee that I need to be, not letting me be that person that God wants me to be. Down through my life, I've had to let go of things. And you think to yourself, I'll never make it without them. I'll never ever make it. Can't do without them. Let me tell you what. It's rough in the beginning, but you feel a whole lot better when? When it's gone. When it's not controlling you anymore. When all those things are not a part of your life. Let, let go of those things. Say, God, this is, this is what's pulling me back. This is what's holding me back. God, I want to turn it over to You. I want to follow after You. I want to feel better. I've, I believe when you're honest with God, it's better for you to bring it up than God find it out, right? I believe you need to be honest with your spouse and say, this is what's going on. Be honest with your church. This is what's going on. Because 
If we are truly Christians, now, it takes two to get this done. If we're truly Christians, and someone admits something to you, we're supposed to have the heart of who? The heart of God. And we're supposed to be able to have that forgiveness in our hearts and in our life. And finally this morning, we need not to allow all of just the good things to control our lives. You know, there's, praise be to God, there's a lot of good people in the world today. Amen? A lot of good people. And you look at them and you say, they're good people. They would do anything in the world for you. And a lot of good people go to church, right? A lot of people do things out in the community. A lot of good people run for offices. Isn't it amazing how many things are on the side of the road this morning? I told Sheila we're going to have to stop down here at the end of the road when we leave. They're all over the place. Read them all, right? A lot of good people run for those type of things. A lot of, a lot of people are good people when it comes to being an employer of different folks. But let me tell you something. Good is good to have. But you know, a lot of good things can cause you not to follow who? Follow God. Just because you're good doesn't mean you're saved. Just because you're doing certain things for the glory of God. Praise be to God. I appreciate every one of you that tithe every Sunday. Amen? That's a what? A good thing. But guess what? You want to hear too many preachers say this. But tithing won't get you into heaven. Tithing won't buy your salvation. Testimony. Praise be to God. I've heard some great, good testimonies through the years. People that share their testimony and share how God blessed them. But let me tell you, a testimony that are just words that are just good will not get you into heaven. I've heard some wonderful, wonderful prayers of people. People that pray wonderful prayers. And they're good, great prayers. But that prayer by itself won't get you into heaven. You have to take that good and say, Lord, there's nothing that stands between me and you. God, I'm going to do the best I can to be good. But I want to be great. I want to be saved. I want to turn away from all these things that control me and all these things that come before you. I want to lay those things down. I want to have a good tithing life. I want to have a good testimony life. I want to be able to pray. I want to be able to do good things. I not only want to be good, but I want to be saved. And I want to make sure that nothing stands between me and you. Nothing stands between me and you. I was at the house, like I am Quite a bit, unless I'm working out or different things over in Glasgow. And I was sitting at the house, it's about 8.15 in the morning. And I was watching TV and I had my phone laying beside me. And all of a sudden, you know what went out? What happened? The internet went out at the house. But the internet controls my phone. You know what else? This smart TV that we got that's smarter than me. The internet controls my smart TV. So when the internet went out, I didn't have a phone, cell phone, or and I did not have a TV. Well, I still had a house phone. So I had to call Sheila, and she answered the phone at work, which I shouldn't do. But she answered the phone at work, and I said, Honey, we don't have any internet. 
I can't get on my phone. Can't see what's going on. I can't even turn the TV on. She said, well, I'm so sorry, honey. I, I'm just sure she was chuckling, wasn't you? I, I'm just so, so sorry. Just wait a little while and it'll be okay. And I thought saying to myself, wait a little while. I don't have anything to do. Can't get on my phone, can't watch TV, can't do all those things. And all of a sudden, God said something to me. Why don't you talk to me? Why don't you lay aside the phone and the TV and anything else that comes between you and God? I used to have a friend of mine. All he did was count his money. All he did. He'd get it out of the bag and he'd count it. And I'd say, is it the same today as it was yesterday? Yes, it was. I just wanted to make sure. Other people say, well, I've got to check my stocks and bonds. I don't do that because I ain't got enough money to put them in there. But some people say, well, I've got to check it every day. And some people get mildly, uh, highly depressed when it goes down just a little bit. And all of a sudden, they figure out something. That stands between them and what? And God. I can't imagine what would happen. I've tried this before, but it didn't go too long. Can you imagine that every time you felt like you needed to pick up your cell phone, instead of picking up your cell phone, wouldn't it be great if before you picked it up, now, you took a little time to pray to God, and pray to God, because there for a while when I was in the hospital, they had this thing, Vanderbilt app, and it pops up on your phone, and it tells you what they're going to do to you. They're going to do some more blood work, or they're going to do something else, or initials that I didn't understand. And it got to a point that when it went off, I would just hand it to Sheila and say, look at it, let me know what's going to happen. Because I didn't want to know. Wouldn't it have been great if I could have prayed before that and said, God, I don't know what they're sending me, but I know you're in control. We need that, don't we? Don't let those things of good the step between you and God. Today, who are you following? Who are you following? Don't follow a preacher. Don't follow a church. Don't follow any of those type of things. Who are you following today? When somebody asks you, who saved you? You need to say, God saved me. And I am following after who? God every day. And if God calls me to be a fisher of men, I'm afraid a lot of us, including myself sometimes, will go, God, can you wait a day or two? I've got a lot going on. God, i got a lot of appointments that I, I need to do today, and there's some things I need to do today, and people I need to see. I'm afraid something. You know, what Jesus would have done, If I'm, I promise you, those guys had been on the boat. Jesus was walking by, and Jesus said, Come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. I promise you, if those guys would have looked at Jesus and said, well, can you come back tomorrow? Or let me check my calendar. Or let me see if there's anything going on. You know what Jesus would have done? He would have took the blessing away from them. That he's trying to give them. He would have took it away and went to someone else and they would have received that blessing. Today, folks, I want you to know something. Honestly and truly, Sheila and I love each and every one of you. We want the very, very best for you. We want you to have as many blessings in your life as you can have. We want you to have a good life. 
We want you to be able to have those things in your life that helps you to grow, helps your family to grow, helps your children to grow. But the only way that happens is you have to follow Jesus. And when Jesus says, come and do my work. Come and follow me. Come and be the person that I want you to be. Don't say, well, maybe not today. Maybe I'll try it tomorrow. Let me read a little bit about it. Let me find out what this is all about. Be like these disciples. Immediately, they left and followed Him. Today, if you need to start following Jesus more earnestly, today, if you need to start being the person and going the way that God wants you to do, I invite you to come and pray. Today, in Sunday school, as we talked about, we talked a whole lot about our testimony of when we were saved. And one of the things that Nick said this morning that is very, very true. You know, it's not as difficult as we make it out to be. When you pray to God, and you say, God, what was that? I want to follow after you, and I'm going to be completely what? Honest. And I'm going to tell you what's going on in my life. And I'm going to tell you the things that need to change. Praise be to God. We serve a God that's in the changing business, don't we? He can take your life that's got a whole lot of sin and dark spots and all of those things in your life and can make you a new person. I asked Sheila right after I got the the new heart. I said, I wonder if I need to be saved again. I wonder if this heart has been saved. No, I don't believe I have to do that. Because I believe God saves you from where? From the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. That's what you need today. You need to say, God, I, I just want to be changed. Everything about me. I want to be honest with you. And say, God, I know you already know. But I want to tell you some things I've been hiding. Some things that have took me down. Some things that I've tried to hide from my spouse, from my family, from my church, from my employer, from my friends. God, I want to turn those over to you. And I want to ask you to help me to be able to be a better person. This morning, if God is talking to you, we invite you to come as we have our closing song. Come on, Lord.